board. Uh, tonight we've got Jonathan Carr with us, and unfortunately we only got him for 30 minutes, so let's go ahead and jump right into the interview. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the show. We appreciate Thanks you for having me. On. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, if you don't know Jonathan Carr, he is the nicest guy you will ever meet in the paramotor community. He is very knowledgeable. He is the actually he, he's the guy that actually helped me on my very first SIV course many, many, many years ago. So this guy has lots of experience under his belt. So without further ado, Jonathan Carr, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. For all the people out there that don't know about you, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into paramotoring. All right. Um, so yeah, I started, initially I got into just air sports in general when I was in high school. Um, I started skydiving as soon as I turned 18. And then uh, when I went to college, I got too broke for to continue doing that. And then when I, uh, when I finished college, I had enough money saved up to put a down payment or a house or, uh, or get a paramotor. And I kind of went the, the Craigslist route and stumbled down there and honestly did all the wrong things. And uh, after months of frustration, I find myself meeting Eric Dufour. And uh, he was really my mentor. If you guys do not know Eric Dufour, he's, he's one of the founders of the sport. Back when people were just kind of strapping moped engines on their back and, and had mouth throttles and really kind of the pioneers of it. Um, so what I did is once I met him, uh, I finished a, a, a refresh training or did like three days to, to kind of touch up after doing months of struggling with Craigslist guys. And uh, after that, I did a classic apprenticeship and I stayed with him for about two years, uh, just working in exchange for knowledge and, and apprenticing and learning kind of like you would do for like carpentry or electrical or any type of trade. And after two years, I became an instructor working with him, worked with him for one year as instructor. And then I've been running uh, what was his old school now. And now it's Paramotor Orlando out of Valkyrie Airport. So that's kind of uh, my start into paramotor. And then I'm really into doing acro. Uh, I like doing uh, really just high wind flying and, and staying low and doing stuff on the ground and kind of showing off and having some fun down low. Well, having those good laminar winds over there, uh, you are very, very lucky. I'm inland over here in Arkansas, and we get almost nothing in the morning and such high winds in the afternoon, we may not even be able to fly. So it's been it's just weird over here. Um, I'm sure one of the questions is going to be, what is your go-to gear as far as your wing and your paramotor? What is your, uh, what's the gear that you have? And probably what's your all-up weight? I'm sure people are going to ask. Yeah. Um, so I fly uh, Air Conceptions. I have been and always do. Um, for my personal unit, we have quite a few units, but my personal unit for doing like acro is and foot launch tandems. I use a Tornado 280 with a 140 uh, 40 prop. Um, for gliders, really any and everything. I, I use, mostly use Everest. Um, so I have, uh, you know, as low as 14 meter Everest Thunderbolts to you know, 40 meter tandem gliders and anytime student wings hop in, really a glider is a glider to me. It doesn't really matter how I'll fly anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, my main two companies is Everest for gliders and then Air Conception for motors. Awesome. Now, you know, I met you over at the first SIV way back in the, in the day when, uh, when they were just starting the SIV course down there. Um, how much, uh, I guess SIV has, have you done in the past? I mean, you helped, um, down there, but do you do a lot of SIV? Do you train any SIV? It hasn't been my focus lately. Um, I worked with Andy for probably like a year or so, maybe a little under that. Um, 
really, honestly, we, we, we just are pretty darn busy at our school and I mainly do introductory basic training lately. Um, so that's been my focus, getting people in there and, and getting them started with, with the basics. We'll do a little bit of advanced training, but we're not doing stuff where, where they should be. Able gotcha. We, we, you dropped out for a second and you're on mute. So it's one second. You got me again. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So I did SBs for a bit, but, uh, honestly, my focus hasn't been acro as much lately. It's been more doing basic introductory training. Okay. Um, was there any questions in the super chat or anybody have questions in the, uh, on the panel before we continue? Yeah, I have a quick question. I was wondering, I, I know you've been flying for a while, but how long have you been flying? Like, when did you get started? Yeah. So I've been flying for about four and a half years now. So not a ton of time, but, uh, it's been consistent. So as soon as I started, it's pretty much all I did. Um, uh, I, I would dedicate about three to four days a week consistently. And, and it, it just, uh, yeah, I've lived, sleep and eat this as soon as I started getting into it. So I probably have a few thousand hours. Um, I honestly stopped counting once I got to like within my first year or so I had about a 500 flights and then I stopped logging it, but you know, we'll, we'll fly three, four times a week and do something times 10 tandems in a week. So we stay busy and we got a lot of airtime. Are you right on the coast? I know you was talking about laminar winds. Yeah, we're pretty close to it. So we're not like right on the beach. We're, we have an airport that I'd say it's about not even a mile from, from the ocean. So even when we, when we do get it coming from, we'll still get some rotor off of trees, but it's, it's a lot better than going after miles and miles of, of mountains. So, um, yeah, we can get away with flying some higher winds out here, and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Sounds good. So, Jonathan, you teach, and you like doing acro. Do you teach acro? Um, I've helped with it back in the day when we were doing the SIVs. Mostly, the most I usually will get my students up to is start getting kind of introductory with the wing overs, not doing anything too big, not anything too deep of spirals, but learning really what, by the end of it, well, I, I, if a student sticks with me, we'll teach them how to take some energy and how to dissipate that energy, more about it to build, build it and how to know how to handle that. Um, but once it gets to that point, I usually send them to do either go to Skylab or go, go to some SIV clinic where they can get really push it over water. Um, so now I don't, I don't teach acro too much. Uh, sometimes we'll mentor people. If you have people that those pilots are the bold ones that start progressing, give them little tips and pointers here and there. Right yeah, another quick question about your, you're close to the beach there. That's the, the Atlantic side, right? Uh, yes, sir. So is do you, is that like Daytona, big, wide beach? Are you allowed to fly on it? So the most beaches in Florida are banned from flying. There's either local ordinances in place or stupid pilots kind of just go and fly low and, and ruin it for a lot of us. Um, we can fly to the beach from my airport, the airport that I operate out of. Uh, we have just a huge, massive field. And then from there, you know, as soon as you launch, you're looking at the Indian River. And then right on the other side of that barrier, there's kind of barrier islands. You, you got the ocean. So if you wanted to, you could do a little cross-country flight if the water, if the wind was coming from the ocean. Um, but for the most part, when we're training our students, they're just flying a big old square over our big patch of grass. So if anything happened, you can come back and land. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. 
Anyone else? Anything in the uh, super chat? I think I saw a question in the super chat. I need to go back there real quick. And then somebody else saw the question. What was it? Oh, um, who was your greatest student? Said Wallow Season. <laughs> I know he's lucky. He's kind of feeding the answer right that one. So I guess I'm just going to go say Wallow is my greatest student, Will. Um, <laughs> he, he would probably be super upset if I didn't say that. Um, no, yeah, he, he has done really well, though. He's probably, I think it's over 200 flights and it hasn't even been a year of training. So he's picking up quick. He's a good one. Absolutely. Um, I know that I really flourished after my SIV course. You know, it's like uh, when once I went through the SIV and I realized that I had to put everything I had to into collapsing this wing and it just doesn't collapse. And if it does collapse, it'll just pop right back out so quickly. Um, have you had any, uh, I know that you got one student that has 200 hours um, you know, in this first year, uh, do you have other students that, you know, really get into this and this is all they eat, breathe and sleep to? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, it's hit or miss though. You know, it's uh, some people they'll, they'll finish training and then they won't fly for 10 months and then they come back and expect to remember it all. And, and then you got the people that catch the bug and, and, uh, we have a couple other students. Uh, we have one, uh, Reda Baz. She, uh, she started training with us about a year ago and now she's training to be an instructor. So she's been eat, sleeping, and doing everything flying. Uh, she's at a, over a couple hundred flights now too, and she just started taking me on my first couple tandem flights as her being her passenger. So um, yeah, we got we got a good group of of pilots that really that really take to it. the The community over here is growing pretty quick. So in Valkyrie, how often can you fly per week? But as far as weather permitting, yeah. I mean, in Florida realistically i want to say we have like we can fly almost every day of the year but i'd say there's probably maybe like if if you're out there and you're waiting to catch that window you know there, there's the people that look at a weather forecast and and they, they just keep staring at that and they don't go to the river to see if any fish are jumping we're out there most of the time and we usually end up catching some fish um the window might be short and you know we're out there ready for when it happens but there's usually a brief moment where we can at least get a few flights in this time of year, afternoons are usually shot. We get thunderstorms most of the time, but even then, if you if you wait it out, you know there's expression in Florida. If you don't like the weather, wait ten minutes, and uh, so you can catch those windows. We we're pretty lucky with that. All year round, we're able to fly. This is the rough roughest time to teach for us right now because it's brutally hot. So you know the air is not really dense. People are running their butts off in the mornings. We get really low wind and hot and humid, and we got to wait for that breeze to pick up before the thermals get going. Um, but it's about to get really nice. Once we get towards the end of October, we're really low altitude and we got cold with cold breeze coming in. That'll be good times are coming. Good. That's when I'm going to be down there. <laughs> Give us a call if you want to visit. Along those lines, what, uh, do you have any, uh, tips for nil wind launches? Nil wind launches? Yeah. Um, one good one is, uh, getting the air moving. So, you know, right before, before you launch, when you're doing that warm up warming up your engine, get it going and just gently kind of move your back to a little bit and start getting that air going. And as soon as you finish that, give it a good go. Um, don't give it too much time for that air to settle. Uh, I take an extra couple of steps back as well when I'm doing a no wind launch. Um, and then you could also do a power forward technique if you wanted to, you know, there's, there's additional risks that come with that. Um, but, uh, you know, power forwards and no winds you can get out like a rocket. Um, besides that, 
Yeah, no, run your butt off, set up the glider perfectly. If there is the tiniest bit of breeze, use it, you know, you know, even if it's just the slightest. And uh, yeah, and really give it your, you give it your all, run like Forrest Gump. Trust, trust your thrust and lean back. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Trust your thrust. If you can't lean back and trust that thrust, you are going to be running like a football field for sure. Looks like we got lots of questions. Who wants to ask the questions from the super chat? Go ahead, Jim. Okay. Well, I got to find some. (laughs) I've been busy. God's all right. right. It was uh, Bravo fly. Wants to know if you speak Portuguese. <laughs> so, yeah, he's one of our uh, newest additions to the team. I don't speak Portuguese, but I speak Portugal. Uh, I butchered Portuguese-Spanish mix, or at least enough to get by. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's one of our uh, – he was instructor in Brazil for 10 years, and he'd been following us on social media, and he reached out, and he's been an awesome new addition to the team. And he doesn't speak English yet, but uh, we were able to communicate enough with our Portugal. Uh, to get by and, and he knows the words that I need him to know to left, right, hands up, pressure. I don't need him to know too many words. I just need him to know it at the right time. And so he's able to teach our students kiting and he's been a, a really big ass to the team. So, have, so I you speak tried, all. have you tried that new, uh, that app that you can talk and he talks and it talks back and forth. I haven't tried that yet. I, I honestly, I, I get a big kick out of, uh, out of the, the, the good old fashioned way. And then just, I, I also, I, I love learning languages as well. So it's a good opportunity, but when we get to that point, when we realize that we're not able to get it done just by communicating our own, we do without Google translate, but it's rare. Most of the time we're able to get across the message. Awesome. All right, Jim, you see all the uh, questions in the zoom chat. Yeah, there's another question from Wallow Season there. It's it, what's next for you as a paramotor pilot? And are you planning to go to Bad Apples? Definitely should make it to Bad Apples this year. Um, last year, I ended up having a train. Uh, I tend to always kind of, that seems to happen is I, I can't say no to students sometimes and, and I'll take them on and then I'm getting to being committed for that weekend, even when I schedule it out. Um, but yeah, I hope to be the Bad Apples. Uh, what's next? Uh, in about three weeks, I'm going back to Egypt. Uh, I've been working with Sky One for about a year, over a year now. And uh, we help with the event where they're flying over the pyramids. We got a group of like eight of our previous students coming with us. So they'll be flying over the pyramids, Luxor, Ashwan, uh, the Red Sea. So that should be a pretty cool event. I'll be doing tandems over there as well. Um, and then, yeah, it, it should be awesome. It's, it's, it's a really good time. I highly recommend it. Anyone that's interested in that type of you know, experience. Uh, Sky One is the people to do it with. I have no idea how long a type of event like that will last where you can fly over one of the wonders of the world, but they got it pulled off so far. Is that how close so can you get? I recommend you? taking advantage of that. Well, less. well, first year I went, there was no briefing at all. And you they pretty much just gave you a motor and like, go do your thing. Um, turns out some, someone ended up stepping on the top of one of them. And now there's a little more regulations. And uh, so, uh, I mean, pretty much just be respectful, you know, don't step on them and don't be one of those, those Americans or one of those pilots. But uh, I think now they were saying like 500 feet or something like that, but it's not strictly enforced. The main thing is be respectful with it. And if, uh, when there's no wind, you can get really close to it. When there's wind, it's some pretty wonky rotor that come off of those things, as you can imagine. Um, so, yeah. Are you going to the ones just outside of Cairo? 
Yeah, yeah, Great Pyramids of Giza. And then uh, to add to that, something I hope to start doing soon would be facilitated paramotor ventures, uh, you know, venture trips. Pretty much any, any, anything that you can get paid to do that you would pay to do. That's my sure. mentality in life. And that's how I ended up where I'm at right now with, with teaching, you know, get to fly as much as I can. It, it's amazing. I, I'm in the last year or so, the pilots, how you guys have just like expanded, you know, you're going to different countries to fly now. It's, uh, it's like so cool. And then, you know, they get down there and let everybody kind of follow what they're doing. So are, are you going to Egypt with, um, are you flying with, uh, with, with Jack Burton or, and Leah? Um, they went on separate trips. Okay. So they do multiple events per year. Yeah. Um, I, I seem to miss both of them. So I was in the one a few months back and then another one about a year ago. And then this next one's the October event. So I don't know if they're going to be going back again to it, but uh, it'll be cool to cross paths with them if they do. Yeah. Bill H is wondering if you need somebody to take over while he's while you're over in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. I'm uh, I, I got it scheduled right now. Where we're we're knocking out a bunch of people before before I leave, and then we got a lot of students going out there. But I appreciate it, Bill. On that note, he's also wondering if you're hiring instructors. Bill H. Um, uh, well, tell him, tell him, feel free to reach out to me. We we had a pretty good team at the moment, but. You know, you never know uh, as we get busier, uh, you know, eventually it never hurts to have good helping hands around. So feel free to reach out to me, Bill. There you go, man. And what's your favorite place to go for breakfast before an early morning flight? <laughs> yeah. I, our routine, actually, I usually skip breakfast to start off the day. I'm more of a take a little later to get started with the appetite. But uh, we usually we have this Cuban coffee place. That's one of our traditions we go to. It's called Tree of Life Cuban Bakery. So it's it's a hole in the wall, but cheap food, big, big sandwiches, classic Cuban food, good Cuban coffee. So that's one of our go-tos once we finish a good morning to training. Very nice. Very fun. So what's on your bucket list now, you know, like as far as places, other countries to fly? So Egypt, you said you've um, you've been there before, once before, and you're going back, or you've never been there? Yeah, I've been there twice already for the same okay. event, and then uh, this is going to be the third on the on the bucket list. I really want to uh, when I can get away from the school and kind of break off, just do flying for myself okay. instead of training flying, which I really want to make a point of prioritizing that. That's one of the downsides of instructors. You know, sometimes when you eat, sleep, and breathe flying on your days off, you know, and you don't really, you don't fly for yourself as much. So uh, I really yeah. want to make a trip to go out to, or um, Oladunzi, I know I butchered that pronunciation, uh, Turkey. Uh, that's a big acro capital. Uh, I would love to go to Lake Garda, Italy, Organia, Spain, probably in that order. Um, and uh, really just get the opportunity to train with the, the people out there. It's a different class of pilots. And when, when you're out there and you're surrounded by that, you can't help but progress um so i would love to go out there for a month month and a half live the kind of gypsy lifestyle just staying in hostels and and eating you know just running off the of mountains for a while and practicing over water sure that's cool very cool sounds like a plan to me i hope, I hope to make when it happen go, when you go over there to fly the pyramids obviously you're renting equipment right uh you can do either so last time i brought equipment for them um uh but I've rented as well. 
they have a limited amount of equipment right now. This next event is one of the biggest ones. They got 45 pilots and 25 guests. So they definitely don't have motors to accommodate all that. Uh, I put together a video of how we brought it, brought our motor last time. Uh, essentially we just clean out all the gas out the system. You know, technically you're not supposed to travel with anything that hasn't had, it's supposed to be a brand new engine if it is. So your best bet is really making that thing not smell like gas at all and make it look as clean as you possibly can and kind of pray for the best depending on what airport you're in and what part of what countries you're in and who did, who ends up opening up that bag. You just want to make it uh, in your best favor that they, they let it pass. And most every pilot that I was at that last event, they haven't had any issues. I know pilots that haven't even taken the precautions I did. They would just empty out the gas, run it dry and put it in there. And, and they even had bags opened up in travel, you know, they, they knew their bag was open and they still weren't seeds. So I think for the most part, people have pretty darn good luck, but I know it's a big risk and it's pretty scary packing up something that expensive, not knowing if it's going to make it across the world with you. Um, I was wondering about the, how well maintained the equipment was that was available to rent. Um, that's a good question. Uh, it's, it's, a, I, w- I would treat it the same way I treat any, any motor, like a two stroke POS, that one trust. And that's, that's how I treat everything that I fly. You know, it's not a matter of, you know, if it's going to go out, it's a matter of when it goes out. Um, they do a good job. They have running motors, you know, uh, it's a mix, mixed bag of equipment. Mostly they do Polini. Uh, that's really what they specialize in. And, uh, but yeah, a two strokes, a two stroke and, and it's, it's safe enough to fly. That's for sure. Right on. All right. Uh, any more questions in the super chat that we may have missed? Let me look on. Yes, there's one from okay. Whale of Season. How many females have you trained, and how is that experience different from training males? Uh, so over the past three or four years, if you count training with Eric, uh, probably maybe I want to say like six or seven or so. Um, it's definitely a different dynamic. Uh, female pilots honestly tend to end up becoming better pilots. Uh, this is a sport, as many of you guys know, it's, it's really not about uh, the strength, especially for kiting. It's more about the finesse. And a lot of time we get, you know, we will have really strong, big guys and they just are hammering down those brakes and, you know, you're constantly trying to get them to, to do less. Um, but there is also definitely different obstacles that come with training female pilots. You know, obvious ones are physical limitations of carrying the engine on their back and and uh, so we usually, I, I take my time when I'm teaching a female or if I'm teaching anyone that I think has, you know, uh, some physical disadvantage, so whether it be just being smaller and not being able to carry the weight. Um, so we usually spend more time kiting. Um, we also typically end up starting them on wheels and then transition them onto foot launch, uh, depending on the person. But we have also trained them straight into foot launch as well. Um, but yeah, we, we just take our time a little bit longer. And it's not a, a sexist thing or anything like that. It just depends on, on the pilot, but it's that's a little really, difference with the physical. Go ahead. That's really interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of uh, starting. I mean, like, I guess I'm sure it's done all the time, but I mean, starting on foot launch and transition, uh, excuse me, starting on trike and transitioning to foot launch. Yeah. Um, so that, that really depends kind of cool. on, we do that with, so we, we guarantee all of our students 25 flights within a training period and that's 10 days. And we rarely don't deliver on that. But, you know, this also occurs when we have someone that's 65, 70 years old that wants to come and they want to learn foot launch. Everyone wants to do it. There's a difference between dream and reality. And within the first couple of days of training, 
they will also know in addition to us that they can realistically do foot launch. And if they can't, you know, we're not going to kick them out, but we're going to put them on wheels. Um, Eric, my mentor, he is a master at teaching wheel launch and he has some really crazy innovations by crazy. I mean like brilliant. Um, so, you know, he, we, we, when we do teach wheel launch, we have something called the sky cart, which he designed is RC control of the engine as well as a remote kill switch, as well as lights to go left and right. Um, so for the first few flights, when we teach wheels, we're working the power, uh, which is really the most critical part when teaching wheel launch, because if you don't have that power, right. And that wing is not straight over your head and you give it too much. It's really easy to roll that thing. Or if you take off and that wing is not on directly over your head and you take off on the oscillation, that's really when it can get dangerous. Same thing. They're coming in with the oscillation. We can just power them up, uh, bring them out. So the, the wheel launch is something we do if, if, to make sure that we deliver on our guarantee of 25 flights. And then after that, you know, we're not saying they can't foot launch, but they might not realistically be able to foot launch within a 10-day boot camp style class. You know, they may need that extra time. And that's when we then say, hey, continue kiting. As you get proficient with that, you know, you master your kiting skills. The, the weight of that engine is not going to be a big deal. And you're going to be able to, you know, handle doing a nice, easy reverse when the time comes. That is really interesting. Before in the house. So we oh, got no, Eric before awesome. in the house. Awesome. Welcome, Eric. That is great. I was hey, going to uh, ask him think... a question that uh, see if he could stump Jonathan, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, you know, <laughs> oh. oh, one question that I do have for Jonathan is at the very beginning, he said back in the day when uh, when we used the uh, the scooter uh, motors and mouth throttle. I don't think I've ever heard of the mouth throttle. Can you tell us really quick, what is a mouth throttle and how that works? Yeah, so this is definitely an Eric story, but from my understanding, some of the motors he flew back in the day, the throttle was in your mouth with a mercury kill switch, and that's how you would work the power. And then you'd start the engine with a rope, pull start, have the engine laying on its, on its front, throttle in your mouth. He said you'd wrap the rope around it, pull it like old school plane, and rock around the back, put it on your back, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy when you think of the evolution of the sport and the people that laid down the foundation for us to be able to do it. People look at us like we're crazy now, but those people 30 years ago doing this when, when this thing was, was just, just getting started, it's insane. That is insane. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Um, any, any questions in the Super Chat? There was one other... Yes. Jonathan, what is the hallmark of a great instructor? That's from Bravo Fly. Hallmark of a great instructor. Uh, at its foundation, it's, it's caring, caring about your student. Um, I think, you know, even, even if you, you might, there's, there's different degrees of different, there's definitely different capabilities of instructors, just like anything. And there's different capabilities of, of students. But if you find yourself an instructor that really cares about you, cares about you being successful, the priority is you being successful in the sport. Maybe it might take them longer to get the same results, but they put the time in to get you there, you know, they can do it. So I think that that's really the most critical part and passion, the passion for wanting to spread the joy of flying. You know, that's, that's what keeps us going and keeps us doing this is the joy of seeing someone else who's crazy enough to have that same passion that we do to want to run in the sky with a spinning prop on our back you know, achieve it. That's what keeps us going in this. Very well said. Absolutely. Definitely. You want to leave a good 
good impression and you want your students to want to come back and learn. So, you know, that's important to have kind of that, you know, relationship with all your students. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Absolutely. First no. impressions, you know, important in a school, I'm sure. People come up and they're, you know, they're starting their first day and they're anxious and they're already kind of, ah, you know, I, I, I really give all you um, instructors a lot of credit. I really yeah, do. we appreciate that. There's a lot of, a lot of people doing a lot of good work now around the country and it's definitely a high, high stress situations and, and you have to really be able to read the, read the people and it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank sure. you. Yeah. Eric yes. is talking about a Koning engine, a three-cylinder direct drive engine from Germany. Do you know what he's talking about? Can you give a little bit more context? What does he say specifically in there? He just says Koning three-cylinder engine direct drive, German. I, I don't Maybe know that's what he started with, or that's what he used to fly. Oh, uh, maybe. Okay. All right. That's possible. Eric, if you hear us, we don't really know exactly what you're talking about. Maybe you can clarify. Yeah. Willow season's uh, kind of got a twofer here for you. So what's the max altitude you've ever flown? And what is your signature trick? Signature trick? That is a good question. Um, max altitude, honestly, I, I once I get up like four or five, 6,000 feet, I don't really like it up there. I get nervous. I know altitude's your friend, but I start to feel very small up high. So when I'm doing free flight, it doesn't bother me as much because your your mind's captivated with, you know, hunting those thermals and going for it. And, and once I'm in the clouds, I also don't mind it as much because you kind of got your own own new world up there. But uh, yeah, I remember SIVs, honestly, that was something that would freak me out more than the acro was just getting bumped up to three or 4,000 feet so quick. It's a, it's a mind trip. Uh, signature move. Honestly, I have to give all my credit to signature moves are Eric's signature moves. So, you know, the way I learned is kind of like mama duck, baby duck. I'd see him do a trick and then I'd follow the trick. And all the ones that I got in my back pocket really, really are from that guy. So, you know, a lot of the stuff I do is just flying high winds, uh, you know, hovering type stuff, landing, precision landings, uh, you know, messing around on the ground and just kind of staying on the ground and dancing around and having fun there. Really demonstrating the art of not taking off. Uh, just being comfortable hanging on the ground, messing around, kicking cones over, picking them up, um, landing on bulldogs, you know, no hand takeoffs, uh, landing one foot, no step takeoffs. Um, that, that's really been my, the, the stuff I've been doing for the past, you know, six months, even more so than acro. Um, so yeah, I'd say those have been more of my signature moves. And I was mentioning earlier, those, those type of, so we do a lot of the flying I get to do is demonstration flights. And when you're doing a demo in front of a student, what they want to see and what you want them to see is how easy it looks to take off and land. You want them to visualize themselves landing like a butterfly and taking off so gracefully and elegant. So those demos are much more beneficial for them to see that than going up and doing a bunch of sats and bear rolls when they're just uh, wide-eyed and being like, what the heck is going on? Is he dying right now? And they, they don't visualize themselves doing that, at least the vast majority of students that's not what they're getting in a sport for so that's been a lot of my fun is high wind hovering doing those type of tricks that's a really good point <laughs> now, I, remember, 
You said that you're only able to be here for 30 minutes and it's 732, but we have one more question in the super chat. If, if, if it's going, it's going. Don't worry. We can keep it. When, when you're ready to kick me out, kick me out. But I, I, I'm still got a little more time. All right. Well, you know, it might be five hours from now, but uh, <laughs> we got another uh, question in the super chat. Uh, uh, Will Fly, you want to ask that question in the super yeah, chat? It's uh, from Nathan Fuller. And he wants to know what's the most spectacular turtle you've ever seen a student pull off of the first solo flight. Uh, so, yeah, it's, yeah, you don't get too many turtles in the first solos. You know, that's like a twofer when you get a first solo and a first turtle. It's so, special. you know, Nathan, Nathan takes the cake on that one. He actually, we still have. So Nathan was one of our students, I believe it was back in May. I'm pretty sure of that because we have a sign in our school now that says like last turtle. And then, you know, it's a whiteboard style where you can, you know, write the date of the last turtle. And he, he was our last turtle at the school. So we've been turtle free. The facility's been turtle free for a few months now. So turtle free. Yeah, exactly. That is so, such an appropriate name for that position. I mean, there's nothing yeah. better. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's great. And, you know, all you can do when the turtles come over and take a good picture and, and smile. <laughs> you got to laugh, face, right? I mean, absolutely. Uh, it's a great face. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the Achilles heel, when I was training, I remember for me, it was good communication because I didn't have it. You know, How so? The, well, what were they lacking in the communication style? So, well, what do you use for communication? Like, are we talking about radios or like, radios when you're talking to the student and uh so we use a i mean we use a standard like bofang radios they're honestly they're not my favorite radios in general we don't really trust too much but we have we have the radio bofang radios we use envolo helmets especially for solo flights um and really the key in terms of what makes our communication clear and this is do for style is uh we don't use many words you know, we're not up there talking, asking how their kids are doing or, you know, what do they want to do this weekend? You know, our words are right shoulder hold, left shoulder hold, hands up, pressure, you know, break, stop, you know, one syllable words. And we're saying those over and over because we recognize that they got a loud engine spin on their back. They might not hear it. So, you know, if we're saying it's right shoulder hold, right shoulder hold over until they execute the command, we want them to do more, one inch more. Before we fly our students, we have solo exams that have, and on, so we, we go through the theory in the solo. That's important. But when we get our student to solo, what I really need to know is that my student understands what I'm asking them to do. When I ask them to do that command, what are they going to do to execute it? And we go through all those key words. We have about 15 of them or so. They match that, what it is. And we've gone through that for the course of the first three days or so, uh, really making sure they have a clear understanding of that. Um, and then also we've taken the steps in the sense that they've done the simulators where we have visual commands. So if they do lose radio, they signal to us with their legs right here. This means we can't hear you. And then we instruct them they should be looking at us. And then we're on the ground. We're not go-go dancing. We're telling them what we want them to do from the ground. And we can land our students right in front of us. We have visual commands then for the landing. So, oh, sorry about that. I was trying to do it visual, though. But we try to land our students in front of us so we can do the break timing with their hands as well. So even if they don't have audio or if something goes wrong, they're still landing right in front of us and we're using that to be able to, to, to show them the flare timing. What a great system, man. I owe it all to Eric Dufour. He's the one who designed it. I just uh, execute it and, and repeat it. I can tell you on my, my communication consisted mostly of the word 14 
And so when you change a channel or something on the whatever uh-huh. we were using, it would say 14. Somehow it got stuck. So uh, it, like every two seconds, 14, 14, 14. Oh, that's all I heard no. the whole freaking place. So oh, yeah, man, no. you got a great system. Hey, it's unfortunate. Even with my system, we can still have it, you know, but it goes 14, 14, but hopefully then they 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 do their job and let us know. Yeah, and you got a what if. I mean, you you yeah, I didn't yeah. have that. So I, I'm, that's really nice. All right. Anything else? Uh, anybody else in the super chat or anybody on the panel have any other questions for Jonathan? Bill H wants to know how we find you on social media. Yeah. So on Instagram, we got Paramoto Orlando, uh, Facebook Paramoto Orlando as well. Uh, that's the name of our school. And uh, you can find us all there. Got a lot of stunt videos, videos of students for solos and progressing tandems and bunch of smiling faces and people having fun flying absolutely and the link should be below in the description so if you want to go down there real quick and click a link it's uh right there for you guys awesome thank you so much for having me really appreciate it absolutely jonathan thank you so much for joining us tonight and going a little bit beyond your 30 minutes that you said that you have with us we definitely appreciate you it's been a long time since oh yeah do you want to do a thumbnail will yeah ready one, Absolutely. two, and three. All right. Am I supposed to put my thumb up with it, or was this a smile picture type? It's supposed to be you, it. man. I mean, you can do the you can do the fingers and the nose if you want to, whatever you want. We can Photoshop in anything, whatever you want. <laughs> hey, one, awesome. one last thing, Eric DeVore yeah. says he's proud of Jonathan. Uh, thank you, Eric. I appreciate yes. it. I owe it all to that guy, really. Definitely. And 100 percent. The most incredible guy right here, Jonathan Carr, extremely knowledgeable, just incredibly good. And like I said, when I first met him six months into my my uh, flying career, I went to the SIV course and he was there and he was so good at making uh, the students feeling relaxed and calm. And he went through all the steps, everything from the doors are shut and locked all the way down, everything he said out loud. So he, so the student knew that you were taking care of him. So Jonathan, thank you so much for being an amazing person, uh, awesome paramore pilot, an awesome instructor. And thank you again for being a guest on our show. Yeah. No problem at all. Thank you guys again for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Great meeting it. you, man. Take Thank care, everyone. I look forward to flying with you guys again one day. Absolutely, buddy. Have a good one, John. You as well. Thank you. What a nice guy. Really yeah, and super knowledgeable. and Nice guy. Yeah, sure is. What a good show. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wish that we wish, wish we had him longer, but you know, I totally understand. And I'm glad he, you know, he took time out of his day to, to hang out with us. I mean, you know, I mean, Will fly, he went out and flew and he's, and he uh, made it here. He could have still been out flying and, you know, Jim could have went out flying. Hell, I could have went out flying, you know, but uh, you know, it, it really is nice to be able to come here on Monday nights and share some stories about paramotors and the things that we know. So the people that are out there that are, pilots or people that are interested in flying they have something to to listen to and they're like oh this is really cool you know these people are really awesome i mean the whole community is absolutely amazing and i really love our community of paramotor pilots yeah and it just keeps getting bigger 
you know it does it does and like you said about the female um pilots uh we've trained uh, about three we got a new uh a female pilot and also um this new pilot the female pilot she's right around 100 pounds so we're gonna have to look into that um that really small um paramotor the aliexpress from china matter of fact we're going to have a guest that's going to be talking about that aliexpress do you remember where that which one that is uh, uh linda and uh when when we're going to have them um i'll have to look on on the uh on the thing on our where is it the solo 210 is quite light and efficient you just and you can get a nice small frame for it too um which one is that the two what did you say solo 210 and how heavy is it i don't know how heavy it is but if you look up i was just talking to somebody yesterday who flies one and it's just a tiny little unit i was i thought maybe it was one of those ones from uh aliexpress but it wasn't it looks like we're going to have um, Avery Colburn on October seventeenth, and uh, he, um, yeah, yeah, he uh, he is really uh, he he got some he uh, worked with them he he changed them up a little bit so they're able to be a little bit more powerful so it'd be really interesting to um, fresh breeze solo two ten is that what you're talking about I think so yeah. And thirty five hundred dollars for a brand new paramotor—that's really not that horrible. And how, how no, it's not. I was looking for the weight here: twenty horsepower, one hundred twenty five pounds of thrust, two hundred and ten cc's. That seems to be kind of a lot of cc's. Fifty eight pounds. That's still that's kind of. That's heavy. Still, that's still heavy. Yeah. The, uh, the Avery or um, the, Al the AliExpress, I think I'm saying it right. Um, that's supposed to be really super light. Matter of fact, the motor, I believe, is uh, RC motor, but it has enough thrust to be able to get somebody that's, you know, 100 pounds up in the air. Do, do we know what um, um, Fly Wyatt flies offhand? I mean, he's 10 years old and he's less than 100 pounds. What does he fly? Does anybody know offhand? I, I gonna, don't know. I was going to check that out. I don't remember. I, I think he's, gosh, he's got to be like 12 now. Yeah. Yeah, 12 or 13. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, time flies. So yeah. do paramotor pilots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a while. Um, matter of fact, I'm looking on his uh, Fly at Wyatt thing real quick to see if I can see what he's flying but I can't, unfortunately. Bummer. I'll have to look into that because, you know, getting getting people that are, you know, like 100, 130 pounds and Adam 80 is pretty heavy for those people, you know. You remember, I mean, Will, what do you weigh? 150, 160. And uh, it's still heavy for you. Can you imagine being 50 pounds lighter? Well, the, the thing is, I mean... It would be the same as me transitioning to the Moster. I mean, the Moster is definitely a lot heavier for me than, right. but I mean, I could do it and I did it. And so, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, Adam 80 would certainly be doable, I would think. 
Yeah, well, we got the Animati, and uh, we're going to try to get one of those um, Avery Express things in our arsenal, too. Uh, I think it'd be good just because, you know, just like Jonathan was saying, you know, for the nil-win launches, you really need to trust your thrust. If you can't lean back, you know, into your paramotor when you go full throttle and you start your nil-win uh, inflation and launch, um, you're going to be running, and we don't want to run. We, we want to just keep our balance, lean back. You know, that's our posture. And uh, honestly, when it comes to nil win launches with my Moster 185, not the Adam 80, nil win launch for the Moster 185 still is less than 15 steps, you know, for me. Um, if I get any sort of wind, it's still less than 10 steps to get up in the air with the Moster 185. And that uh, 220 that I have, man, I tell you, I really am digging that extra power. I think it's kind of like with you, with you, Will, going from the 80 to the 185, going from the 185 to 220, that <laughs> extra power is just awesome. You yeah. Know, I, thought, I thought maybe too much power would be, because you know back in the day when you have the high hang points, too much power can give, you know, can um, can cause the uh, the riser twist. Sure. But but now with our uh, our swing arms being so far apart and being solid, it is kind of hard to mold. Well, it's, it's more. It's I believe it's more safe, and we have less riser twist with what we have now than the higher hang points that that were flapping back and forth that could almost hit together and spin you as, as you're flying. Um, doesn't it just change the sport for you? The extra power, doesn't it kind of add an additional, I don't know, for me, it just kind of renewed the sport. It did. Yeah, it, it's totally different. And uh, I'm looking into, I'm looking into bigger engines now. You know, when I first started flying, I, I don't know if you guys know or remember, but um, the year before I started flying, well, the year before, two years before I started flying, um, I had a open heart surgery and I had all sorts of issues, including a stroke as a, um, as a complication. So from 2017 to 20, you know, through 2018, I was trying to get better because I heard about this, this kid flying to McDonald's on this contraption. And I'm like, I want to fly one of those things. So I think that I got better because of, um, because of that McDonald's video, I really wanted to fly. So when I first started fly, my legs were, were jello. I did not have any strength at all. And, uh, thank God I had something solid like that angel that really was able to protect me when I was doing a lot of face plantings and uh, turtles and, you know, sliding in on my knees and stuff. But now that I got my strength, I think that I can, you know, get a, a, a nice light frame with a really good 220 or a really good uh, motor that's really powerful and be able to enjoy it now because my landings are like butterflies. You know, I come in and I'm like, whoop, butterfly. You but know? you sting like a bee. <laughs> what I hear. Asking like a bee, but uh, yeah, it's it's like it's really amazing how the equipment has changed. I've had students that came in that had you know ten year old, five year old equipment that um, they thought this is what I'm going to train on, and it was trash. You know, anything that has the higher hang points that are that can flap back and forth like this, you know, you're just asking for for trouble. Um, but really, is the weight that big of a deal? I mean, it's 
most people can lift a 50 pound bag most people can lift a 75 pound bag if it's sitting on their back i mean your legs are your strongest your your strongest feature usually so even a little person should be able to lift and and they can develop those leg muscles pretty easily it it doesn't take a whole lot that's true and then if you can also have those little stands you know you get those drywall stands put the thing on the drywall stand and strap it on and walk it's not like you have to be doing the squats all the time <laughs> that's true you know one of the things that i found really helped me is to set the paramotor down on the ground okay because i'm starting on the on the rack it's warmed up so I take it off the rack it's warmed up set it on the ground set up my wing connect my wing to the carabiner while the while the paramotor is on the ground and then I put it on quickly, buckle up, warm it up, go. So it's only on my back for maybe a minute. I'm not walking around, reaching down, clipping in with this thing on my back. So that really has helped me. And I've taught that to other people that don't have a lot of leg strength too. And something that I, a technique I started using was I would get like my, I would lean forward on my knees so I get in, I actually get into the thing because I don't have that. Uh, it's not raised off the ground like yours. So I have to kind of shimmy back on my knees. Then I get it, the straps around. And then I pick up one leg. And with both legs, I'm able to lift myself up. Now, I only ever have to do that when I have a absolutely full tank. Otherwise, it's no big deal. In fact, just just uh, this weekend, I I took off with only four liters in there. And I was like, "Is there anything in there? Oh my goodness, this is the lightest paramotor I've ever flown." I'm not used to doing that because I usually have it at least 14 liters of fuel, which I don't know what is that three gallons. Um, it's usually about four liters ish for a gallon. Yeah, so I'm usually about three gallons of fuel so it's it, that's where all the weight is is in that fuel the, yeah the fuel it makes a huge difference now i tell you what when i lost the weight and i was able to put on that atom 80 and i went and uh, flew it for the first time now obviously i had to trust my thrust and lean back and i was keeping my balance i was keep you know i was keeping but i it, it took a while because there was it was a nil wind um however i did get up in the air and it was absolutely incredible how smooth an Adam 80 is. I mean, there's still a lot of thrust. It can still get this big boy up in the air. But, um, man, it was smooth and quiet. So I think that I'm going to be looking around for different motors to put on my different frames that I have and just check out different things. Yeah. There's tons of options, isn't there? There is. Yeah, tons and tons and tons of different options. I love it. So you're getting, so um, looks like we got some, uh, let's check out the uh, chat since we don't have a, a guest right now. We're probably going to drop out of here about eight o'clock. Uh, what's going on in the super chat? Anything going on that we want to talk about? Jim CR120 is going to go to, it's uh, getting ready to leave for Spain on Wednesday. Oh, that is so awesome. I hope he gets a chance to fly over there. I don't think he's going to, but. 
Just throwing it out there, Jim, again. Lucky duck. Good for you, buddy. How much airtime do you get on the Atom 80? Me? Um, he means on a fuel tank, on a full tank. I I don't know. Um, I, I know when I fly the, the Mulser 185, I got an almost a five-gallon tank with the dual tanks, and I topped those off, which is about 30 pounds of fuel. Because when I fly, I like to fly for a very long time. And with the most 185 and topped off tank, I can get two hours and 38 minutes. Guess how I know that I get two hours and 38 minutes? Because I ran out of gas at two hours and 38 <laughs> minutes. So what I do to be safe is I go out and I fly for two hours with that accidental oops of now I got headwind. I went out too far. Holy smokes, look at the time. And uh, I don't run out of fuel anymore. I used to run out of fuel. I used to have motor outs with running out of fuel, but that was my first my first year, and I just don't do that anymore. Um, I'd rather take off with that full tank and run a little bit more, knowing that I have plenty of hours. But um, I don't know what the Adam eighty holds. But one of these days, I will top it off when I have a good you know good wind and uh, go up and fly and see how long I can fly. The tank's the same size, at least it was on my Parajet. How many? Uh, yeah. How many liters? I think it was 10 liters. Was I, 10? Jim, I mean, uh, John, of course, he has uh, uh, Adam. So, and I want to say that I've never flown this long, but I think I calculated something like three and a half hours um, max. Chime in there, John. Uh, what's your like average fuel burn? Um, it, I mean, for, for economy, you cannot be the Adam. No freaking way. I think he's just awesome. Yeah, I like to top it off and go up for a flight one day uh, and just see how long I can go. Because I got some big old floaty boaty wings. Um, we got that uh, We got that, um, that A-wing. We got one A-wing. Nobody wants to fly an A-wing, but, you know, um, we, we got one anyway. And uh, it's the most boatiest, floatiest wing I've ever uh, gone on. And I went up on it on the Adam 80 and uh man it just it just floats it's just floaty boaty it's just yeah, there's a there's a guy locally here that has the atom 80 on a kangook frame i should try it and just see how efficient it is and i wonder i'll have to ask him what size tank he has because it's kangook so he's probably a 16 liter and and i guess you just have the right wing and you can get up that much easier right um wings make it easy that's for sure um uh, the more thrust you have the more fun you have but i tell you what i like know what i like about the animating and i think everybody talks about this i can have it sitting in the garage the same gasp and sitting in there for for six months obviously no it's not but one pull bloop, and it starts no matter what it's, it's just incredible it's just a one pull start motor is so quiet you, you know, when you first start it up, you don't even need to have your muffs on. With the most 25, when you first start up, you better have something on your ears or else you're going to go deaf. Mm -hmm. that, that 80 is just absolutely amazing. You're exactly right. Not only that, it's a one-hander. For me, it was. The oh, yeah. Not the moster. I, I no. Just, no. <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> um, John says uh, it's three plus liters per hour. So, so, yeah, that's about right. So, three, if you... Filled 10 liters, three into uh, yeah. 10, so and about Bill three said, hours. Bill said about a gallon per hour, so it's not too far off of the monster. 
I didn't notice a real, real big difference because with the Moster, it just to keep to keep me level uh, didn't take quite as much uh, power. So you say for the Moster getting up in the air, is that what you're saying? Yeah, getting up in the air. Now I, I use more fuel, you know, when I'm burning it up a little bit and you know, kind of. But uh, as far as a straight and level flight, I haven't noticed a remarkable difference, although it, it's there. Um, I've not, I don't know, I probably should pay a little more attention to my fuel burn, but normally I, I launch with nine liters. This would be a good flight because it was about, let me do some calculation. I'll be right back with you. Okay, sounds interesting. Oh, Brian Haybell is in the uh, super chat. What's up, bud? Good hey, to see Brian. You. Uh, looks like lift paramotor says I've seen Avery's it's heavy loud as hell and not a lot of thrust interesting um we'll have to uh I wow. thought it was I thought it was lighter than the Adam 80. is it not lighter than the Adam 80. maybe he's talking about something else oh pap with an Adam 80. now lift right above that lift paramotor said I've seen Avery's it's heavy loud and not a lot of thrust. So I wonder if that was the Avery Express that, we're, that he's talking about. I don't know. Oh, you mean the Alibaba type thing? That see, you know, the the Avery Express is supposed to be really, really super light for really small people, and uh, I really want to. I, I want to get one just so I can play around with it and see what it's all about. But I don't know. We'll find out. Well, it's almost eight o'clock. Anybody have anything else to say before we uh, call it a night? I guess we still have to wait until Will Fly gets back. Yeah. Hey, Jim, what uh, what number are you on? I am on one sixty four. Wow, you're really climbing up there, buddy. One sixty four. That's awesome. I haven't been able to fly much this last week because it was just too much going on yeah i've been kind of under the weather and uh when i'm under the weather um and i take any type of cold medicine or anything like that i don't want to fly i mean i know i could you know i know it doesn't you know mess me up but we're talking about aviation i, I don't want to take any cold medicine and, and go try to fly uh I, I don't want to be that guy that messes up his paramotor because you know he wasn't fully focused and i really think that flying a paramotor you better be fully focused you know, plenty of sleep, fully focused, ready to go. All right, Will Fly, what you got, bud? Okay, so I flew for an hour and 20 minutes, and I burned six liters of fuel. So 60 times, uh, see, what would be, let's just call it one and a quarter, so 1.25. 75. So how would I figure that out? Let's see. Hour and 20 minutes, That'd be 75 minutes. And then uh, I burned six. 4.61 liters per hour. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's not, that's that's not bad moster? for a moster. Well, I'm really surprised because you're so light that um, it would burn that because with five, what's, what's five gallons in liters? That's like 3.78 per gallon. Where were your trim set? Neutral. Neutral. That's good. Yeah. 
So it is interesting, but, you know, me being a lot heavier than you and, you know, I do have a bigger wing. I have the uh, 28 meter wing with the Moser 185. Um, really getting off the ground, I can really feel how heavy I am. But after an hour of flying, I can definitely feel that I'm definitely lighter and can do more stuff up in the air. There's so many variables, like uh, just a slight reduction, leaning it out makes a big difference. And yeah. just, you know, you have a larger prop that makes a big difference. That makes a huge difference. And also the difference between the E-prop and the Helix. Yeah. It, the Helix has so much more thrust than the E-prop. It's almost impossible to compare units. It really is. And the difference in weight, you know, the difference between carrying five gallons, which is 30 pounds, you know, or just, you know, um, uh, one gallon, which is six pounds. You know, big difference there. So yeah, that's a good point. You know, like so if you want to shave off some 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 weight off your paramotor, just put a gallon in instead of five gallons. Right. Exactly. I've been, I've been topping it off on purpose because I would like to do you know, um, some long cross countries, some pair camping and stuff like that. So I know that I need to really feel what it feels like to be weight, weighted, you know, weighted heavy uh, and weighted down taking off, especially in nil wind. Um, I, I tried it with the trike and the trike is, <laughs> I really packed that trike and it was super heavy. I mean, I was maxing out my wing uh, um, and it was, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever tried to fly on your 100% of your wing load, but it's a lot different than 75. Hey, what's up with the wingman challenge or adventure wingman? What's Anybody that? Know? I, looks I don't know, but they're talking about it in the chat. Where, where's this? going on now? Yeah, that's- uh, a bunch of guys that are- uh, You're uh, self-guided. Basically you go up with, you're going up with these guys. It's not a, it's a challenge. It's not a race, but you fly for three days and you meet up at a location and then you fly for another three days. And it, so yeah. it's assisted in the sense that you fly the first three days. And if uh, anything goes wrong, they'll come and get you. And, but they, there are some limitations, like they're not going to get you necessarily into the air at that location they'll bring you back to the other thing. But your goal is to, is to try and if you, let's say you go out in the first hour, then your goal is to walk to the next location or your goal is to get in the air and fly the rest of the way. Or you're trying to get to that location without any assistance. And then you start flying again. From Interesting. Hey, Will, Will, can you can you copy that link and put in the um, super chat so I can uh, pop it up to later? Thanks, bud. Adventure Wingman, huh? Um, See, that's why I like this show. I learn things on it. Absolutely, yeah. Every single time. Every single time. So that's what Victor is doing right now, and also it's a bunch of them. Yeah. Where is it? It started in California, and it's going through. Uh, Utah, I believe, and I think yeah. you just had the map on there a little bit ago. JT, JT uh, Wardell, he's uh, he's flying with um, Trevor Steele, and 
2022. Sierra Nevada, Yosemite, Death Valley, Valley of Fire, Zion, Bryce Canyon. Uh, yeah, Monument Valley, Grand Canyon. Dang. And you're allowed to choose your own route for the yep. for the trip. And you just and you're allowed to have if you have a friend, they can come along with you so they can drive. But there are parts of the route that are impossible to have any support. Huh. So fly really high. So you can, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you got a motor out, you can see where you're gonna go. That's why Jim went to 13,000 MSL. Now it's all so clear. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 if I fly in any place that is iffy, I try to fly high because if I do have a motor out, my goal is to land next to a road that someone can come pick me up. I do not want to land, I mean, just one mile away from the road, carrying all of your gear have you ever tried to to go a mile with a paramotor, a wing, and all of your gear through wilderness? It's ridiculous. Yeah, no. I haven't had to yet. Mm -mm. No, <laughs> I don't want to either. I tell all my students or, or people I fly with is like, if you have a motor out, land next to a road that I can come pick you up. Or if I land out, you can come pick me up. And uh, it was interesting. One day I actually told my friend that as we were taking off, you know, before we took off, it's like, if you have a motor out, shoot for a road so I can pick you up. And uh, they had a motor out. And uh, thank God I could go pick them up. Jim yeah. is saying so, that there are ahead, prizes Jim. involved. What's that, Jim? Jim is saying that there are prizes involved in it along the way. So, but it is not about speed. Yeah, well, so there was a total of 20 available positions, I guess, and they had two left. Um, yeah. So I guess there's a limit to the number of people. And that makes sense because they have to provide support and all. This is really neat. So yeah, it is. I mean, I'm, we should look into this next year. Yeah, I'm scrolling through all this stuff, this stuff and I'm like, this is really interesting. This is, this oh is an extra thing that I think that I would dig. They started at 7,600 ground AGL. Bring that Adam 80. <laughs> or altitude density, I should say. Density yeah. altitude, yeah. So that's the altitude that the motor thinks it's at, yeah. regardless of what it's really at. So, man. Run, 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 run. Only six were able to get off the ground. Jeepers. That's, that's kind of like moonshiners. That was... That was horrible. Um, you know how high you were. It's like it took everything to get off the ground there. I mean, we're we're about uh, uh, three hundred feet or so above sea level, so we're really good over here. I mean, we can get off the ground. Um, I mean, I can get off the ground with an Adam eighty. I don't think I could do that. It's would you say seventy five hundred feet MSL? Seventy six hundred density altitude. That's crazy. Who knows what it was, but I mean, that is high. Yeah, that's so. Uh, ben wants me to put up the uh, the video that Trevor put on the paramotor group today. Let me look and see if I can find that. Yeah, it's on his page. Was was it for this? He hit. He hit was it for this? Of, uh, this yeah. Thing? Yeah. Okay. 
That has got a lot of posts. Let me see. Hopefully it's close to the top. This is so cool. Pretty scary. I think it scared the heck out of them. If you have a link, Ben, you can text me. Um, but I'm looking. Yeah, he's got it on his page. Yeah. Yeah, Victor was talk talking to Sutter's. Windy. Uh, the funny thing is, is, you know, normally when you've got an event like this, I mean, we usually hear about it, but for some reason I didn't catch I didn't it. Go around. This about is this. the one that Victor was talking oh, about. He I was found. talking about his fly-in that he was going to, and he kept referring to this. This was it. Okay. Yeah. I saw that, that Victor was, you know, on another adventure, but I didn't realize this was it. And, yeah, they're on there. He'll be on there every day. Either JT or um, or Victor or Trevor. I think I'd rather do this than the Icarus race because you know I mean Icarus race sound, sounded fun, but this sounds more adventurous. Yeah, I kind of agree with you because I don't care about the race part. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't, don't want to feel the pressure of having to do something. Um, well, it is. So this is about scenery and stuff like that. Yeah, is this it, Ben? Yep, that's the one Para Ninja says. So uh, did you want me to try playing that, Sean? Um, yeah, without the audio. Okay, then I think I need to uh, optimize video yeah. and not share sound. Yeah, I think that we're good when we don't share sound if we just do that. All right, should I play it just like that or make it sure. larger? Sure, go ahead. Let's see what it looks like. And I guess you can make it larger. Now, what was this about? So this is apparently uh, just really windy. Yeah, I think that's what he was uh, showing. I'm going to watch that again. It's just yeah. 10 seconds. OK. Yeah, it was, it was uh, the video. It's pretty scary. Oh, geez, man. It Dang. Was, it was ripping him around. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah. I, I wonder and if that's I wonder if that's rotor off that mountain over there that we see. I don't know, but look how quickly it kind of, it just kind of hits him and then it kind of goes away. So it's like a big surprise to him. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And he landed and then he had to have, yeah, somebody had to come, uh, somebody had to come pick him up. Yeah. Sean, you should definitely do this next year. This definitely sounds like <laughs> something I want to do. I mean, I love, well, I mean, I, I love the winds like that too, because, you know, midday flying, I mean, I got a pretty good bump tolerance. You know, I got a really good reserve that's steerable. I mean, I still want to deploy that thing. I want to see what that reserve feels like. So, you know, yeah, I want to go do this. <laughs> Paraninja um, says, yikes, maybe we'll drive that portion. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I didn't yeah. see the collapse. Um, Someone said it was a collapse, but I didn't see the. We weren't looking at the right part of the wing, I guess. I, I saw his feet go up, so he definitely yeah. lost some tension there. That's for yeah. sure. When you watch it later, you'll be able to see, see better. You know what's going on. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think I think I'd have more fun doing that than Icarus race because what you fly for three hours and then you land. Is that is that what is that what it said? Or is that what Jim said? I don't know. Well, no, you have a destination. So uh -huh. you have three days of flying. 
Okay. You can fly as much as you want. You've got a you've got a schedule where you're going to pick up fuel. You're going to schedule where you sleep. You can have somebody follow you if you want, but it's not part of the wingman challenge. It would have to be uh, your assistant type idea. Right. And then, um, but, and you make it as adventurous as you want it. Like you could do it completely solo. And like was mentioned earlier, some people have had some long walks and hitchhiking. Basically your goal is to get to the destination and you have three days to do it and you can do it any way you can. So if you have, so I guess you, up, I guess you could get on the back of a pickup truck and go the whole way, but how not adventurous is that? Right. You could do that. Um, is what it sounds like. If you have a broken prop, that might be the only way you can get there. Mm. Or if you didn't bring an extra spark plug, you know, I can't imagine not doing that. Surely they got extra spark plugs. Yeah. But when you get to the next, when you get to that three-way place, they have all the supplies you need in order to get set up to go again for the next three days. That's cool. That's cool. I'm going to definitely look into this. And if you don't have support, like if you don't have somebody looking out for you and you do go down, they have a team of people available to come and get you and help you if there's just no way that you can make it to the midpoint. Interesting. Well, what are you guys doing next year about this time? <laughs> I don't know. Para Ninjas. So he's he says, Sean, next year, let's do it, mate. Yeah. yeah I'm so. definitely interested in doing it. Yeah, this is really interesting. Yeah, let's um let's look into this. I mean, we got a whole year to to look into it, figure out what's going on. And uh yeah, Paraninja, that sounds like something that would be really fun to do. I know what we could do. We could do uh Jim, you could be our ground support. What? <laughs> oh, you mean you mean Jim Reeves? Okay, that sounds good. All right. Yeah. Somebody, yeah, we we can um, maybe maybe uh, maybe some maybe some people that haven't flown yet but want to see the adventure of flying like this would be good for like ground support. You know, it's like. Um, maybe they're going to be doing training and uh, they're not trained yet, but they want to do the ground support and, and help us on something like that. So maybe that's something that we can do when I'm out of water. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Or maybe somebody that, you know, that just doesn't want to fly like my wife and has a vehicle in the garage and can follow us for fun. You see what Jim CR 120 said? What's that? Let's do it. Training starts now. <laughs> now, yeah. Cheers. Awesome. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, how would you, how would we train for something like this? I guess long to the Rockies. What? Everybody's saying what? 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 I'm going to go to the Rockies and start trying high altitude takeoffs. The Canadian Rockies. You betcha. Yeah. yeah. Delayed says, I'm planning on the flying circus. You've got a lot of people in the chat, Sean. Yeah, we do. We got oh. lots of That's awesome. I, I love when people just chat. Uh, not all the time am I able to watch the chat while we're doing the show, of course. But, um, you know, uh, usually the next day or sometime that following week, I'll watch the show again 
and listen to it, but I'm really just looking at all the chatting. I really enjoy the chatting, see what's going on. I, of course, I learn a lot of stuff from people that are in the chat saying stuff. You know, so who's all in the chat? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't have my glasses with me. Who wants to uh, say hello to everybody in the chat? Uh, Will, Will has good eyes. <laughs> scroll up as, as uh, high as you can, and let's just go through and say hello to everybody since, you know, we're... We got Jim Care, PPG, Samar. Did I pronounce it right, Jim? Yes, you did. Hello, Season, Will Fly, Bill H, Para Ninja, Daniel Roos, John Wayne, uh, Nathan Fuller, Bravo Fly, Paramotor, E Paratrike, uh, Sean Simon's in the house. Woot, woot. Rocket Burn 11, William Garland. And uh, some more Tommy Sutherland, Yay, Eric Tommy. Dupour. Did you know Eric Dupour was in the house? Let's see yes, here. And hey, Wendy the Paramotor, it's my buddy Austin, Jeremy, and uh, some more. Wade Collins, what's up, Wade? And Got some more. I know we do. I see Wendy the Explorer. Yeah. Yay. Wendy. Hi, Wendy. CR 120 Brian Haybale Waller. The infamous Brian Haybale Waller. Absolutely. And uh, Z. We got Z in the house. Yay. Did I get everybody? Did you get Parent Ninja? Parent, yeah. <laughs> probably a couple of times <laughs> probably <laughs> I, I do want to i do want to shout out with this wonderful shirt i have here for Paralife uh ppg um great shirts i i love them and uh mark yeah, has donated uh, uh me a couple of different ones and they are absolutely amazing so if you haven't gone to paralifeppg.com definitely go there check out the merch amazing yeah, and those are limited supply shirts, just to let you know. Um, they are the most yeah. comfortable paramotor shirts. Yeah, I've got one. They're really comfortable. Oh, there's, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, ben, paramotor NC, and Baz to Earth. So, Good. if I missed anybody, I'm sorry, but I think I got it. Marshall, Marshall Smith, Smithson. So, yeah, that was a good idea, Linda. What's that? Flying Flamingo just popped in there. Yay! So I think we got everyone. My girl! Yeah! Oh, I made a special video for Jade today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to have to put it together, though, because it was a little choppy. And good? How oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, once it's put together, I'll send it off to you, Jade. It's cool. You'll love it. I hope she said that she just got her first student in the air tonight. Woot woot. I tell you that that's the that is the best part, isn't it? Is uh to get that first student up there. They fly around, they come in, they're like, this was the greatest thing ever. And and not only not only does it hook them, but you as an instructor, it hooks you too. It's like this is what I do want to do for the rest of my life. I love it. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know my my first panda was the best. It was the best. Oh, I, I, 
Go ahead. I was going to ask uh, uh, Jonathan, um, does he do both the uh, foot launch and wheel launch tandems? But I assume he would do both, but I didn't, I didn't ask him. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he does. Check out Parent Ninja's comment there, Sean. Um, yeah. um, it's hard to see. What was this? Oh, well, it says, hey, we had a bit of a safety scare here yesterday. Should have probably mentioned it. A friend on a popular brand of trike and his three-month-old harness fell apart mid-air. Oh. Landed with just threads holding. That's spooky. <laughs> Yeah, a good thing about trikes, though. I mean, you are sitting down. I mean, there's it's really hard. I mean, with with those risers right there. Um, I mean, scary nonetheless. But thank God it was a trike and wasn't just falling apart as you're flying. You know, a foot launch. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really scary. I can't even imagine that. Well, I could see the weight going down. You're sitting on a frame, right? I guess it depends on what kind of trike. Because some trikes you're sitting down and you just got that shoulder harness and a buckle and you got some that you're kind of elevated too. So was it a bolt-on trike or was it a full um, a full trike? That's a difference I guess we need yeah. to find out the too. The point is that the stitching came apart on a three-month harness. That is crazy. I mean, that is crazy. I can't even imagine the stitching coming apart. Another oh, thing. Yeah, it is. I feel, as far as like doing a tandem, I feel safer doing a tandem on a trike than I would um, doing it on a, on a free flying, you know, free flight. I don't know why. Like I feel safer on the trike than I would, you know, doing a tandem with a paraglider. That's just me. You said full trike, so I'm not sure. But still, nonetheless, you're you shouldn't have stitches coming undone. I mean, um, I, I'm sure that there was the pre-flight and everything was checked, and for it to just rip like that—that's kind of weird. Um, Only one of those things where yeah. it had a weak spot and it just kind of cascaded. I don't know, but yeah, honestly, yeah, absolutely, the pair ninja. You know, don't say brands and stuff like that. We don't need to start any. We don't oh. need any trauma. No drama in this sport. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of drama. We don't need any more. Obviously, whatever, um, whatever it was, I'm very sure that we could uh, get up with the people that made it, and they'll make it right. And uh, we'll just go with that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Crazy man, crazy. Yeah, I tell you, I feel very safe and secure in my harness um i got that quick release harness and i've also flown you know the ones that you got to do your leg leg chest chest and i noticed that when you are in the air you can like almost you can like disconnect all of your buckles like if you're going to go into the water i've seen this on uh on uh, different videos you still have to wiggle your way out of the harness with your risers right there, it's really difficult to get out of your harness and everything while you're flying, unless your harness right there was was coming apart. Is that what they is that what they said right here at, at the harness part, the connection? Unbelievable! That's crazy. A couple new uh, people, Travis Dupont joined us. Fly Swamper, 
Yo. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Fly Swamper man. made it just in time for us to say goodbye, everybody. No. Yeah. <laughs> and Jade, congratulations on your new, uh, on your first uh, student pilot making up there. That's really awesome. That is exciting. It was brand newish, says Para Ninja. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, Para Ninja, uh, uh, pre-flighting it, did everything look good on pre-flight? It was just when you had all that extra weight, did it start to uh, to come unstitched? I don't think I inspect my stitching in my pre-flight. Do you not? I do. I don't Please. think I do. I mean, uh, I look th- things over. A lot of times I'm looking for something that just doesn't look right, you know? Um, well, but, having uh, stitches coming undone is kind of... Not... Well, well, the thing is, though... With, with students, I'm always going over the checklist and always going over everything more with a fine tooth comb. I think I'm a better and safer pilot because I go over everything more detail than I probably would just myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think that I'm a safer, I think I'm safer as a pilot because we go over everything. I mean, we retort bolts, we go through everything uh, with a fine tooth comb, which is not a normal pre-flight or post-flight, but we still do the pre-flights and post-flights. Fabric needs to be protected from the elements. Yeah, I wonder if it was. No, he said brand newish. It was like three months old, I think. Um, yeah, be interesting. I would, I would imagine you wouldn't just keep it out in the sun. Hopefully not. No. It'd be really interesting to see what uh, what comes of this. Uh, Para Ninja, keep uh, you know keep me in the loop. You know, of course, privately. Um, I'm sure you got my phone number. Uh, just text me and keep me in the loop and let me know what's going on. Um, what else is going on? I, I love I love this this uh, that XC thing. I love XCs. I love cross countries. You know, I think I'd rather rather do a cross country. You know, where I take off and go someplace than to do acro. I mean, just like just like Jonathan was saying, it's like more people will want to see you. How easy it is to take off and fly into the air, then come back in and come down and land like a butterfly, rather than you go up and you start doing flips and twists, and all of a sudden you're you know you're you're getting butterflies. Like I don't want to do that. So, hmm. I like the uh, the long cross countries. I think that's why I have the big wings, the twenty eight meter wings, because I get up there and I just want to fly. I just want to just keep on you going. Fly I fly like at, a butterfly. I do. I just want to look at things, and I love the low, the low and slow. I love to be able to to skim around and see stuff. I mean, you know, uh, I told you. I think I told you guys this before, but I was doing low and slow really low and slow trims all the way in and being really nice and slow and a freaking uh, uh skunk came up and went boop and showed me his butt wow. i'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> um I've, I've flown with bald eagles before i've seen lots of wildlife i think the neatest wildlife was um uh, a wolf pack um was was uh um was just was right there it's like they just came up they started going and i'm like that is like the most coolest thing i've ever seen was the wolf pack, you know? I mean, Were they weren't uh, coyotes? Maybe it was coyotes, whatever it was, it was just really majestic. They were just, they were just running, looking at me like, what's up? <laughs> so I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is so neat. You know, I've seen, I just, I think the, the coolest thing was flying with the bald eagles, you know? Um, 
just fine, mind my own business. Bald eagle came over this way. Another bald eagle came over this way, and I saw another one below, and I'm like, this is cool. And, of course, you know, I don't always fly with cameras. Sometimes I just want to go up and nothing, nothing in my ears, no music, just I just want to be up there to fly. And I didn't have a camera. I'm like, this is awesome. And, of course, no one's going to believe me because it's not a camera. But it was awesome. Yeah, that's nice. You should. You know, everybody, everybody has their thing. You know, they're flying with what they like to do and what works for them. And you want to fly like a butterfly. And well, how do you want to fly? You want to fly like a butterfly? Do you want to? No, I think I'd rather fly more like a hummingbird. Kind of, you know, zip zip around stuff Wouldn't like that. Would that be neat? Looks like uh, Bill H said that his uh, hands started getting numb after 40 minutes. Well, if you have that uh, that mouth throttle, you just pop it in your mouth and just warm your hands. And then Jim flies, what, Jim will fly like a Canadian goose. <laughs> 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 honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I had to throw that out there. Like, wait, what are Jim? What would Jim want? He would want to fly like a Canadian bee. Or he wants to fly like maple syrup money. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be pretty slow. <laughs> or, or if you're in the paramotor world, it goes pretty fast, actually. Or like Jade says, fly like a flamingo. Yeah, hundred dollars doesn't last long. I'm, I'm not right. sure. You know what? Honestly, I don't know how a flamingo flies, but I know how they stand because I see them in, you know, uh, in uh, plastic format, you know, in different yards and stuff. So I know how they stand, but I don't know how they fly. Just like okay. Jade on one foot, right? I'll have to, I'll have to you know, check it out. That's right. Northern Lights Paramotor LLC rocks. And I have to do a shout out. For <laughs> yep. Yeah, and let me give a shout out while we're at it to uh, Paramotor NC. Check out Ben's channel on YouTube. He's got some good videos, and uh, I think he's starting to do some videos on uh, camping, you know, landing out, camping, stuff like that. Oh. This is from Paramotor NC from Ben. He uh, gave this to me. It was a nice little place to put my, my phone. And yeah. I still have it here. I still use it all the time, and yeah. I love it. Yeah, me too. I use mine. Mm-hmm. Cool. Fly Swamper in the house. What's up? Fly yeah. Did we say hi to Tommy Sutherland, too, when you're going through your... Tommy, uh... yeah. I did. I didn't miss Tommy. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Chatters. I appreciate y'all. What a really... Be with us on Monday. Tell you, tell I didn't even use my pom-poms tonight. What? Oh, well, do it now. Do it now, real quick. It's not the same. It's not the same, but. All right, I'll just do it for the. Chatter. I mean, we got to. I mean, <laughs> okay, right. since you twisted my arm. Yay! Well, you know. Okay. We only had we only had John. Oh, Jim said he had to leave. Oh, Jim, you got to leave. With your maple syrup, oh, okay, baby. we miss yeah. you. Well, tell us really quick about your uh, your printing uh, company, since you are a proud sponsor of uh, ClearProp TV. Yeah, I got a printing company, and I can help you out with uh, your business documents, your bills of lading, 
uh, trip reports, whatever you need, checks, just uh, connect with me, carepp.com, and uh, you'll be able to get a hold of me or my staff. So we'll, yeah. And if I you like want to see some paramotor stuff, carepppg.com. I, I like I like your I like your little QR code that you have on your screen, so we can just go and go right there. That's awesome. I'll be yeah, waiting patiently for the calendar. For I don't know if it works. Time. Let me know if it works. You know what? That's a good idea. Let me actually uh, check it out here real quick. Since I got my phone here, let's go ahead and put you on. We'll put you on spotlight so you are here even when I'm talking. All right. Oh, yeah, it pops up. Let's see where it goes. Do do do. It went to carepp.com. So careprintingandpublishing.com. Oh, nice. Look at that beautiful design. Oh, I like this. That's this is cool. really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Well, mine took me to JP Tulo. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That's cool, Jim. Yeah, it works. Good. <laughs> Works great. And uh, so so I like that thing right down here. If um, if you are coming from uh, PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, you get a free, what is that? Oh, I guess you have to click the link to find out. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, check out that QR code. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I had a really good time tonight. You know, a little bit under the weather, a little bit of sinuses and stuff, but Man, I tell you what, I'm, I'm really glad that we're able to to hang out tonight and talk about paramotors. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We got Joshua next week, next Monday. Joshua next week, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I, I guess we can run through all of our guests. Go ahead and run through our guests real quick. Tell us, tell us who we have over the next if you insist month or so since right, you are grandpa. doing such an amazing job at getting people and as she's getting over to her you know real calendar because you know she's old school like me um if you want to be on our show just get up with linda anderson you can go to paramomusa.com and they'll forward over to her facebook just pm or say hey i want to be on ppg grandpa's paramotor podcast clearproptv.com paratalk.org and you will be hooked up. Who right. do we have? All right, looking at October. Mm -hmm. uh, the third, we have uh, Todd Scott. Todd Scott. Okay. Um, October 10th is open right now. Okay, we're gonna keep that open we just because about we... maybe doing, uh, doing game night. Mm -hmm. And then Avery is the 17th. Good. And then uh, John Allen is uh, on the 24th, and we still have um, Halloween open. Let's go ahead and keep that open, um, just because I don't know. Who, yeah, I don't know who really wants to be listening to this on Halloween. I mean, yeah. actually, who would would you guys want to have a Halloween show? I don't know. Let us know in the super chat. We'll we'll take that into consideration. Or yeah. if you guys are busy yeah. with family and friends and just want to, you know, um, drink some fun drinks and eat some candy instead of doing this, we can do that too. A lot of them, a lot of them do their, um, you know, their Halloween parties on Saturday, you know, prior to Halloween. So, um, yeah. I don't know. 
we can kind of, you know, we'll figure it out. We got a while. We'll figure it and out. And uh, I'll start. I'm going to start working on uh, November then. Unbelievable. Got, if you, the I'll earliest. Get with you, Sean. I've got some. Uh, um, I got. I'm not going to say anything now, but I've got some names written down that I'm thinking of, and I'll. I'll shout out to you, Sean, and see what you, yeah, what you think or whatever. You, got a you, few names. It's crazy um, that we're booked until November of 2022. You know that by the time we get to November, December is going to pop up and it's going to be 2023 in almost no time. It, it just, this time flies so fast. I mean, time flies, so do paramotor pilots. And that's going to be my, my next shirt that I put out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a, a lot of, got, yeah, I got a lot of ideas for guests. I always write, if I see something on, you know, Facebook, I write their name down and, I'm, and then I, you know, kind of check it out and check the videos out and stuff. So. John Wayne said I can do the costume skit. I had to double check <laughs> to see the, what, it, what it said after costume because my eyes are bad. I'm like, <laughs> I have to do costume what? Oh, skit. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> All right. Um, Will Fly, have you posted anything awesome? We're going to be posting anything awesome on your YouTube channel anytime soon or want to talk Actually, about? Actually, yes. I okay. just uh, released uh, Just the Tip 5.0. So check it out. Just look for Will Fly on YouTube or willflyppg.com. Should come right up. Awesome. And I've been so bad at putting content out on my channel. Um, I, I do want to uh, put out better content, but, you know, it's it's really hard to. Uh, one of the things I tell my students is I'm available from sunup to sundown seven days a week. So if I'm in the middle of something and they're like, hey, I want to go on Zoom and talk to you about some weather or uh, airspace or whatever, I do that. Or, hey, I need to do some motor maintenance. We just go out and we start doing some motor maintenance. Or, hey, I want to do some uh, uh, advanced kitings. So we have advanced kiting too that we do for, for advanced students. So anytime that I have available Monday through Monday, basically seven days a week from sunup to sundown, I'm available to my students. And uh, that's good. I want them to take advantage of it. That's what I'm here for. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Check it out, my little clear prep TV. This weekend's up in the air. Remember, we gave those away. I I kept one. Oh yeah. Those little flags that we used to give away. I still have mine somewhere. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere I got. I, well, when I moved here, when I moved here and everything, you know, I I have stuff in boxes or whatever. And I know I was looking for my. My stickers and everything the other day. You know, when you move, you're like, could be in any box, could be you know, in an envelope somewhere. We, we, so. the explorer says the sheep votes yes. The sheep for a, um, a Halloween show. We could, like, maybe, I don't know. I'll talk to you later about it, Sean, but I was thinking about maybe opening it up. You know, to where everyone comes up, comes in in their costume, comes on in their costume. Yeah. I'll yeah. I mean, if we do a show, or whatever, I'll I'll uh, I'll dress up. Yeah. Try to fool. I don't know. Yeah, could be fun. Yeah, we can, yeah, that sounds like fun. I just saw the. I just saw what you um, sent me. Will, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. 
Well, I think we're at the end of the show. We it's it, I was expecting half an hour with Jonathan talking another half an hour and being done by eight. And here we are almost at nine o'clock. So we, we definitely talk a lot about paramotors. And that's what I like about this. It, I just, you know, it's not a schedule. It's like, let's keep on talking about paramotors yeah. until we're all ready to go to bed. And uh, I think it's about that time. Anybody have anything to say before we head on out? Or was there anything else in the super chat that we need to address before we head on out? Stay safe, stay humble, <laughs> <laughs> I see the pair ninjas said we'll be fly camping into pair Blackhawk Halloween flying. I didn't know there's a Halloween flying. I didn't either. Man, I oh, tell you. Yeah, no, I, I did hear something about that. At the Blackhawk Ranch. Is that what he's talking yeah. about? Must be. Oh, Mike, isn't that Mike Robinson? Uh, Mike Robinson's ranch? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mike. Yeah, when we fall below, uh, see, we have 17 likes and now we only have 15 viewers. So when we actually fall below our viewers underneath our likes, it's definitely time to say goodnight to everybody. Yeah. Uh, definitely had a great time, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you can always catch uh, me at ppggrandpa.com or iflyparamotors.com. Um, I run a little school over here in Arkansas, paramotorarkansas.com. It's really fun. We have a lot of good time. Uh, Paramom USA, if you want to be on the show, get up with Linda Anderson by going to paramomusa.com. And, of course, Will Fly. He puts out amazing content, and you can find him over at willflyppg.com. Um, anything else before we head on out, guys? So, and don't forget the show. To, is there a show tomorrow, Will? Yes. Oh, that's right. Thanks for reminding me. Tomorrow night, eight p.m. Tuesday night hangouts with uh, Sean. Excuse me, Shane, Mark, and myself. So uh, we'll probably be talking about the flying we just attended and some other things. You never know what comes up. Right. Yeah. So come hang out. Wednesday, girls want to fly. On Wednesday, and then yeah. Thursday night. Carriage with my Absolutely. son, Robert Michael. Absolutely. Yep. Jade with her Jade with her So make sure you guys go over to willflyppg.com. Subscribe. Uh, iflyparamotors.com. Subscribe. Um, ppgshane.com. Subscribe. Paraglidingtalk.com. Subscribe. <laughs> there you go. What's the next? So a lot of people too, are are at a at a fly-in right now. So what's the next? What's the next one, Will? The next fly-in after this one. The next one I'm going to is Parajam, and that's in Rockingham, North Carolina. That's uh, October. I don't know the exact dates, but it's in October. Is there yeah. flying in Arkansas in October? I thought I saw something on Facebook, but I'm not. There, yeah, there's one uh, in October, but uh, the 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 um, private one, the private one that we were invited to, is in Alabama, and that was rescheduled for the same time as the one here in Arkansas. So since I already promised the the private fly in in Alabama, I'm going to go there. Okay. So, so, so they I'm do gonna, that every year. Is it? So I'm going to miss the one over here in Arkansas. Fly in in Arkansas. I'm sure they're going to. Oh, so you're going to the private one? Yeah, in Alabama. Okay, then I'll see you there. 
instead of the Arkansas one, because I already, I mean, I already promised so many people I was going to be there. And when they changed the dates, it overlapped the Arkansas one. So uh, I wish I, I wish I could, you know, pull myself apart and be in two different places at one time, but I just can't do that. So anyway, you guys have a wonderful night. Thanks again, Will Fly, for, for hanging out. Uh, Jim in Canada, A, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. And uh, Linda, thank you again. And of course, our guest, uh, Jonathan Carr, amazing guy. If you don't know Jonathan Carr, please go check out uh, the links down below. Uh, look at his videos. He's just really one of the nicest guys that you'll ever hang out with in the paramedic yeah. community. Yeah. I mean, other than, me, other than me and Will Fly, of course, but you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a great evening. Will, thanks, thanks again. Chatter. Thanks again. Chatters, okay, thanks yeah. again. And we will see you next week. Um, as always, here on PPG Grampus, Paramotor Podcast, ClearProp TV, and Paratalk.org. Good night. Peace. Night, y'all. Good night.